From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching but never did for whatever reason? That's what they are, and this podcast is all about embracing it and checking those films off our list and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter, at Jeremy, or check out my website, jeremylalonde.com, for more information on me. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review, leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping get more ears to tuning in. And if you like the show, check out the other podcasts on the That Shelf family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 82, and today I am joined by Mike McFadden and his son Jack, as well as my son Ephraim. You might know Mike as a writer from such things as the upcoming show Jan, as well as the Bruno and Boots TV movies, Magic School Bus that's relaunching. He was a writer on Corner Gas. Mike has pretty much written on everything you have ever heard of that's come out of Canada. And we're going to sit down and watch a film together. So we're sitting down to watch Night of the Living Dead. We'll go around the room. I'm Jeremy. I have seen this film. I'm Mike. I've not seen this film. I'm Ephraim. I have not seen this movie. I'm Jack, and I have not seen this film. All right, great. Everyone can gather in a little bit closer. That might say we're good. Uh, Okay, so uh, you... Well, I guess Mike and I... What was your initial idea for what we wanted to do for presenting the boys of the scary movie? I thought that a cool twist on your core concept for the podcast of seeing a movie that is like a classic or is a movie that you feel like everyone else has seen would be to do the Halloween version. And then I thought, what if we add bad parenting to the mix <laughs> and show our kids? But I also think that there's something interesting about seeing a classic horror movie, a movie that's arguably like launched a whole like subgenre. Well, not arguably. This invented the zombie. Oh, okay. This invented zombies, period. Oh, it did? Well, I think there's always, there's, you know, you go back in history, you could look at like mummification of people and there's yeah. always been something of zombies, but this kind, this essentially created this jo- zombie genre of horror in all mediums. Right. So it's, it's like a, it's a, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. But I also think there's something interesting about, uh, seeing what was considered a really scary movie from another era. And if it's still and the way that then. that has, the way that that has changed and the way that it's, it's different when you're a kid. Like I remember being a kid and I actually didn't know that like Frankenstein was meant to be a scary movie. Right. Until like early adulthood or, or like late, the late teenagerhood or something like they just become like a different yeah. thing in a different time. So I just thought that would be an interesting thing for young people to endure yeah. their experience. So what do you two know about the movie? And we also, we gave you two options, I think. We gave them like... Should we say how old they are? Sure. How old are Jack is? I'm 14. I'm nine. Nine and a half. You'll be 10 soon, but yeah. And how, and you, and how many horror films have you seen, Jack? Um, maybe three. And what are, what are they? Um, Coraline, um, the house with clocks in its wall, with a clock in its wall. That just came out, was that good? Yeah, that's really good. I wanted to see, okay, great. Uh, and I think I might have seen one of the Halloween movies at one point. Oh, interesting. Like it was at my school. That's a proper Halloween movie. 
I mean, literally. Well, but, and um, what came up earlier at dinner was that you have seen Jaws. I don't know if you say yes. that counts. Ephraim's seen Jaws. Uh, yeah, it's poor. I mean, Ephraim's seen it too. It's borderline horror-ish, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know. I don't think people would consider it a horror movie like put on at Halloween, mm-hmm. potentially. Right. But it's definitely in the... I mean, people are massacred. Yeah. Sure, let's call it horror. I think, I think it's a horror movie. I think it's a horror movie, yeah. yeah. And I've also seen uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, but that's not, that's like more of a Halloween not movie, not a horror movie. Yeah, and you from? I've seen the first original It. And then he did not, he wasn't ready to watch the second one yet. So that podcast will come at some point when Ethan <laughs> has decided he's ready, he can now watch the second part. He was obsessed for months and months and months with wanting to watch it, and Ooh. then after we watched the first half, he's like, I don't want to. <laughs> and Because not that you didn't like it, I think it just it creeped you out. Um, and I've seen Jaws. And you saw Jaws. And you've watched, like, Stranger Things? Yeah. True, does that count? I, I mean, kind of light horror. Yeah, I like very scary stuff. Yeah. I definitely got some mm-hmm. shade when I told people that my then, what, seven-year-old when the first season came out was watching oh, Stranger yeah. Things? Yeah, people were... I got sudden judgment for that. But uh, that's I okay. I think that depends so much on your kid. That's just it. It's all about that. It's all about mm-hmm. what they can and can't handle. And that's what we're here today to test. Yeah. <laughs> is what you guys can handle. Before we do that, you were starting to tell... Before we started recording, you were telling a story about Well, I was just going to say, like, movie. don't... Uh, okay, here's the thing. We're seeing... Uh, how old is this movie? Oh, uh, it's the fifth. 70, oh, it's got to be the early 70s, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it will be dated in certain ways, but don't like I'll still be a total chicken <laughs> during the watching of this movie. I'm a sucker for jump scares. I, I like I I'm I'm like very on edge and it and the the but like my worst and don't do anything like scary. Don't touch my neck. While okay. We're watching, okay. <laughs> I will resist the urge, but now you shouldn't have told me that. That was your trigger. <laughs> But the worst experience I ever had while watching while watching a movie was that I was I was by myself. I think I was watching The Grudge, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah. And there's this thing, there's this sort of thing that comes up regularly throughout the movie where like there's like a scary ghost demon kid or whatever that does this thing like uh, like a really like a vocal fry cranked up to 11 kind of a sound. And I'm watching the movie, and the kid's not in the scene, and I can hear that sound, and I'm like, oh, I bet they're putting that sound into random spots of the score, just to kind of mess with you, like as part <laughs> of the score, like it's an instrument. And I'm like, yeah, they're totally doing that. So I paused the movie, and then I heard the sound again. Oh, it's so creepy. It's like, oh, no. I totally turned away. My whole body turns into goosebumps. I'm like, my heart is literally going from like... 70 beats a minute to 170. And I'm like, well, that was clearly in my head. And then I hear it again. <laughs> and you're by yourself, so right? sure, I'm by myself. So sure enough, as luck would have it, the day that I decide to watch The Grudge by myself is the day that my roommate at the time's cat decides to start playing with a bath mat, which has got all the little suction cups on it. So the cat was making it go like, bah, 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 and Hilarious. then would like play a mess around and it would all get stuck again. And then it was like lifting it off. Amazing. I grew up in like when I was a kid that the, the, just my, about died. My childhood home was, killed me. was like a hundred year old century home, and so it creeped. It just right. like it just made house sounds. Yeah. yeah, right. And so whenever I was home, and I, you know, my parents would often just leave us home because it was the eighties and kids were left home, and so <laughs> I would watch whatever because they didn't right. censor me. And uh, and so if I watched something scary, I left the home, and I, it would just the house would creep nonstop, and I would just be petrified all the yeah. time. So I know where you're coming from. I had to, I, I don't do well either when I, I I can't do haunted houses. 
Because oh, I'm just oh, talking no. the whole time. I want Ephraim knows the story in uh, in South Carolina somewhere. We went somewhere in high school for March for March break, and they had a, a a haunted house there. And some guy that was you know the people that jump out and they do stuff. Mm-hmm. He like jumped out and grabbed me. Oh, but I'm like, you shouldn't do that. Like, oh, you, if they wanted to jump out and be there, I turn around and punched him in the face <laughs> because I yeah. it was just it's a natural reaction. And he went from being like scary, creepy zombie dude into a surfer in three seconds. He's like, dude, not cool. And I'm like, buddy, you grabbed me. That's not okay. We want to talk about not cool. Not like, cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I didn't. I, I apologize. Please don't sue me at the same time. I am clearly not. I shouldn't go to haunted houses. So now I don't go to haunted houses because I once punched a. Probably teenage child. But Although I was a teenage child at the same time too. So <laughs> surely, don't grab the patrons is a yeah. lesson you learn as a haunted house employee. So day he, two, yeah. maybe day three. Whatever day that was for him, that's the day he learned it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, what do you guys know about this movie, if anything? Um, well, as you said before, that it's like the movie that started the whole zombie movie genre. That like invented zombies. Uh, but other than that, I don't really know anything about it. That's great, and also like, like this is this was an independent film at the time when when really independent films were just starting to be made. So this movie would have been made for you know very little money, which you can probably tell by watching it. It's not yeah reeking with production value. I'm hoping it's not because that will be less scary yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. What about you, Ephraim? What do you know? Um, it's okay if you don't know anything. That's fine too. Uh, not really anything. That's great. Are you are you nervous at all to watch it? That's okay. So you you have seen this movie? I only saw it recently. I picked it up. Criterion released um, like this souped up new edition of it uh, last year, so I picked it up. So I only watched it for the first time last spring. But I've seen other um, films in this series. I've seen like the original Day of the Dead, right? And um, and then he's gone on to make a whole bunch because what, what's interesting about this series is that he's kind of continued this series over decades uh, and before George Romero the director passed away uh, a couple years ago mm-hmm. he was living in Toronto and working exclusively out of Toronto right. and so the last two movies he made which was Land of the Dead and I can't remember the other one City of the Dead? No, not City of the Dead uh, were made in Toronto and, and he really loved he embraced it so it's interesting, uh, and the story just kind of continues, and it's not like, and they don't necessarily link together through characters or anything else. Mm-hmm. They just link together through different stories told about kind of usually the outbreak of the of the virus. Right. But, the, but the initial three were Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, and then Day of the Dead. And right. it was kind of a trilogy, and then decades or years later, he started making a few more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then now we've got The Walking Dead, we've got all these other zombie craze things uh but it all started right here all right so you guys ready yeah all right sure (laughs) let's do it let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat okay we just finished whoa my favorite part so i mean obviously the, the listeners of this podcast know that uh spoilers will be Heavily included, so if you don't, if you, haven't, if you haven't seen this movie, uh, we're going to talk about everything. 
Yeah. My favorite part, I mean, there's several favorite parts I had watching this movie with you guys. Um, again, I'd only watched it within the last six months for the first time, so it was somewhat fresh for me. But it was, uh, well, the moments when I think both the, you guys got scared. Well, I should let you guys talk. But my favorite moment was just the what happens at the ending, which we'll talk about. And my, you just, your jaw dropped and just stayed dropped. <laughs> Did it really? Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Just stay dropped. Anyway, but we'll, we'll get back to all of that. Uh, so, Ephraim, what's, I mean, you, you, you've you been, Ephraim's been saying the same thing over and over again for the last two minutes while you've been in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Which is, I did not, what have you been saying? I did not expect that. Expect what? Like, like, I would think that they would actually find a problem, to, uh, find something to cure it before the movie ends. Yeah, because you're used yeah. to things wrapping up nicely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you got to watch more horror movies. They don't... Uh, oh, that's yeah. how you make a franchise, kid. <laughs> if they solve the zombie problem, how do you make number two? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So first impressions, Jack. Uh, I really liked it. It's, it's like everything <laughs> you want it to be. And it's just like, it's everything you want it to be. You think it's going to end cleanly, and then it just hits you. And it, not like, so good. You're speechless. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So here's a question. So this is a movie that's now 50 years old. Yeah. You know, it's still scary. Is it oh, still, yeah. Do you agree it's still yeah. scary? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's still scary. Yeah. So there's the, the point, what, what point did you get starting to get really creeped out of you from? Uh, I can tell you because it's the moment that my arms started to be clenched. <laughs> I'm not sure. It was when they got to the house. It was the first part when they, when he when she first gets to the house and you don't know and it's dark and I yeah. mean they're also doing some stuff with the music. They're doing a lot with the music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's always the music that gets me. Yeah, it was like, it was a quick cut to a, a, a mounted deer head and some trumpets that really messed you up. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you screeched at that point. Oh, you really lost it a little bit in a great way. Yeah. I don't know you that well, so I didn't know if you were making like I'm having fun noises or I'm not having fun noises. I've, I'm gonna tell you, I've known him for nine years. I've never heard those noises. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Like watching the movie, I didn't really like get that much jumpy. Like I like flinch, but what got me is. Um, the the thing that got me is when the it's like the the really high pitched like violin strings yeah. like, it gets me every time because I know something's coming and it makes it like ten times worse. But what, what Romero does that's really great is that he he knows he's doing that, but then every now and then he does the exact opposite. Like there's that, there's that great moment about halfway through the film. When Ben, is it Ben? It's kind of like our hero. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He's just walking through the living room and then arms reach out to the window and grab him. Yeah. yeah. And so he's not le- he's not building up to that moment with music. It's just, it's a jump scare. Yeah. But it's not it's not doing a fake out. It's not teasing. And if anything, they use music in moments they're not doing anything. Right. They're just mm-hmm. almost using music to fill gaps between moments. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's rare that a music actually leads to a big scary thing in a lot mm-hmm. of these movies. And I feel like, partly because of the special effects, but partly it's true of a lot of horror movies, it's the lead up 
or the anticipation of something scary is like scarier often than the actual scary thing. Like when you finally see the zombie face or the hands finally pop out or you finally see like the body at the top of the stairs, like that's almost a relief because it's like, oh, well, we finally got yeah, that no, over with. But it's like when you first get to the house, that was a really tense part because it's like something could be around every corner and something could be around like could, could pop through every window. Oh yeah, and then there's the music, the anticipation music to go for. So yeah. I was getting, I was getting tense in that part too. It's great. Well, it's the old Hitchcock quote that there's no, there's no anticipation in, in a gun going off. It's the anticipation, or there's no, there's no drama in a gun going off. It's the anticipation of when will the gun go off, right? Uh, and so that's yeah. kind of this whole movie is waiting for just what's going to happen. They do that great moment and it freaks you out to you from when uh, he's walking through the house and all of a sudden he leaves the room, but the camera stays inside and starts pushing towards the door. Oh yeah, and then it's and then he's letting us know. It's like, hey, there's something over. There's something behind here. I'm not gonna let you know what it is for a while. Yeah, but I'm just gonna leave this now in in your brain to chew on. There's a door there, and we're not gonna open it. <coughs> and you assume there's dead down there. You don't yeah. know what's down there. But then it's just a, it's a quiet little cellar with all those people in it. Quiet little cellar with five people down there. Yeah, I will admit to one thing that scared me at one point. It was a shot of like outside and it was just sort of like a landscape shot or whatever. And then I was like, I, I noticed a little something in the shot and I was like, oh my God, what is that? It's, it's the wall outlet. It's okay. oh. <laughs> oh yeah, that happened to me a lot too. The wall, yeah, there's a small uh, wall outlet at the bottom of my screen. Other than that, I'm very brave. <laughs> the wall outlet got you though. Yeah. Well, it looks like, it looks like two scary faces going, ah. Yeah. So this fun. movie, 50 years old, made for, they shot this over the course of nine months. Really? Um, but off and on. It was like they'd scrounge together a couple bucks oh, and man. shoot a little bit. Right. Scrounge together oh, wow. a little bit more and shoot a little bit more. Wow, it's surprisingly cohesive considering. Yeah, they yeah. shot it in bits and pieces. It was made for next to nothing. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's not really... I mean, the effects are pretty minimal. It's all makeup. Yeah. You know, they're not amazing make zombie makeup effects, but they're not terrible. I mean, we're also comparing it to what we see on AMC now with Walking Dead's makeup is just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. It's phenomenal. Yeah. But oh, yeah. you know, so it's not fair to compare it to that. Mm-hmm. But also, this is the invention of it. And you were saying it from about uh, zombies wouldn't do that at one point, I think, yeah, right? Yeah, at like, the beginning, um, I-, I said that like zombies that they do in like, stuff now are dumber. They're dumber. Yeah, they don't pick up stuff and use yeah. it as weapons. They don't really... They're like, these zombies are more driven. They're like, they're less like mindless bodies and more just like... An ape, just yeah. That's that's a good way to describe it. And they were they were sort of looking around more, like they looked a little bit more like they were engaging with their environment. Whereas I feel like there's more of a blankness to modern zombies. Hundred percent. That said, I was surprised how much of zombie mythology was like there, like right out of the box. I think I was expecting more of a like prototypical, like like a really early version, like. Like the zombie equivalent of like, you know what the Simpsons look like in seasons one and one of the Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like who are the, would they, all the voices are wrong. Like I thought maybe like would a zombie talk? Would they would, you know would they do non zombie like things? But they were like ninety percent of what I consider it's really zombies. close. Like, like the, the rules about like a head, hitting the head and eating brains and or well eating the. Mm-hmm. Whole yeah, thing. the only thing that I don't think they really hold out is that they don't seem to be at least now what they do in Walking Dead anyway is they don't seem to be 
affected by fire. They don't seem to care. They'll just walk mm-hmm. right into it. Mm. Or they're attracted to it, if anything else. Right. Like, any, any, like, kind of the way they treat zombies now is anything that's, like, shiny or loud just draws their attention, and they walk towards it mindlessly. Right. And then they mm-hmm. want to get at it. Mm-hmm. But they, but it's just more... It's almost like the, 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 the scary thing about zombies now is just more the, the number of them. Yes. And so it's when there's a horde of them, yes. that's when it's terrifying because you, cause they're just a slow-moving body, but they don't stop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like if you're up against them, it's like in a battle, at one point, you know, back in World War One, <laughs> they'd call it ceasefire for the night. It's like, hey, guys, we're calling it for the night. Your side's calling it. We're calling it. Cool. We'll start killing each other again in the morning. Right. Yeah, you know, they would do the that. The war is warfare. back on at eight a.m. Well, that's what oh, they, can we push to eight thirty? Yeah. All right then, eight thirty. Eight thirty it is. But they they would do it, that. In, in it, the, it's Christmas. Can we all drink and play soccer together? Yeah. And tomorrow we'll hate each other again. Sure. Yeah. Bonkers. Yeah. But exactly how history works. No, but they would yeah. do that. that like yeah. that actually happened. I know. I know. Like, that's yeah. an amazing story. And, but. In this, this is, you're fighting against an army that does not stop. Mm-hmm. They yeah. don't need to eat. They don't need to sleep. Mm-hmm. They're, just, they're just coming after you, and they will not pause. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the more terrifying thing about zombies. They also, I will say, of the of the over of the like how much they reveal about zombies in this movie, they never call them zombies. Yeah, they don't. Ghouls. That's is right. What they call them. Ghouls, monsters, and like mind- that, there's a, a there's a wave of mindless murder sweeping the nation. But I think it's almost a trope inside of like good jo- zombie stuff anyway that they almost never say the word zombie. Like yeah, what? well now they now that's like they they're they're almost embarrassed to say the word because it's s- such a trope. Yeah, like Walking Dead is but, never Walking Dead has about a dozen or more. Uh, words to describe them but they've never used the word zombie right but it's also interesting because it's like what, what always makes me fascinated about zombie movies and books is that no matter how much their world feels like our world they live in a world that they've never heard of zombies yeah <laughs> right you know it's not like oh hey i read a book i saw this is like yeah. the comic book i read or this is like that movie i saw yeah it's like no this is a new thing every time and if anything even remotely zombie like happened in the real world there would be no like coining new terms we would go right to zombies like we would immediately oh, yeah. reference it as like this is like in a movie yeah we'd smash the head yeah and we would be like and we would call them zombies like right away yeah smash it smash it in the head we wouldn't know right what away. to do like we wouldn't know what to do yeah, yeah. You know it would be we... over in an afternoon because yeah. we are all very well educated because like right? everyone would be like Okay, guys, let's go to every sale. Let's go to every. I haven't Pass seen Pro that sketch. Shop. That should be a sketch. Pass <laughs> Pro would so. Let, like, we're we're gonna go to every Rona. Just get like, if the closest thing to you is a nail gun, get a nail gun. Nail gun works. And they'd like it'd be solved in like a half hour. Yeah, you just <laughs> gotta kill the dead as soon as they die. It's just yeah. destroy the brain right away. And you're good to go. See, now yeah. I'm worried about Rona and Home Depot getting together and like causing a zombie apocalypse just to like boost sales of things like nail <laughs> guns and pieces of wood. I will say, like years and years ago, when I first started reading the comic of Walking Dead, and um, mm-hmm. there's a great book called The Survivor's Guide to the Apocalypse. That's really fun. Yeah, I will say that like whenever I was in the subway. Or I just look around, I look at people, I'm like, you wouldn't make it. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. I just judge people silently on the subway, just staring at people, like, no, you'd be dead. And, and think what about myself. The, what was the name of the lady from the very first scene? Barbara. Uh, Linda? Julie. Judy. Barbara. No, Judy was the other one. Barbara, yeah. Yeah, right. Barbara. Barbara she, had a journey in this she, movie. She, she would, yeah, we knew she wasn't going to make it early on. Oh, yeah. No. 
Oh, she she broke like instantly. Well, she was a, she was somewhat inconsistent, but consistently yeah. inconsistent. She didn't really help. Well, she did not only not help; she lost her mind. Yeah. yeah. In all fairness, she counted the patterns on that on the doily. Yeah. 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 But that said, let's be honest. In that scenario, probably someone in that group is going to lose their mind. Oh Fair yeah, enough. someone's going to lose yeah. their mind. Someone's just going to go insane, and like. She was counting the pattern on the doily because her brain just shut down, and it's like something that she might have done if she was just bored regularly. She had nothing to do, so her brain was like, let's just do something we would have done normally. And she was just like taking down the pattern. She couldn't, yeah, just like, I'd like to go now. She's, yeah. Uh, you were asking, so at the end, her, her brother comes back. We finally see what happened to her brother. Here's Johnny. And you asked me, does that come from this movie? And the answer is yes and no. Really? Because nobody says, here's Johnny, here. But in The Shining, when Jack Nicholson busts through the door the way Johnny does in this movie, he's referencing Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. I thought he was referencing The Tonight Show. Oh. I, well, he's coming through the door. I think it's... Oh, I see. It's almost like he's using that tagline, but this is, I think it's a combo reference. I see, I see, I see. Because that wouldn't have been that old a movie. Though, I could be wrong. For the Nerds, right in. Let us know. But I'm pretty yeah. sure it's a combination. Of, there's a couple references. Like, he, he says, here's Johnny, the way Johnny Carson does it. Right. But the reference to coming through the door and looking right. crazed is from this. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. So it's like a combo reference. Yeah. So the reference technically comes from The Shining, but it's referencing The Tonight Show and Night of the Living Dead, I think. There's layers, there's layers there. I could be also very wrong about that. That's my interpretation, and therefore it's right. <laughs> like a good deep dish pizza or an onion, there's layers. I like that. Very, see, exactly. He gets it. Jack gets it. Um, Mostly so, I'm just hungry. Yeah, well, what, what else was interesting was that so this is shot in Pittsburgh, and, and the way they cast it was a complete open casting call. So they hadn't written Ben as like a black man or whatever. It's just like basically whoever the best actor was got Ben. Right. Yeah. So that's how. Uh, so literally a colorblind casting call. I was. I have to say I was completely amazed that there was never a reference to him being a person of color in the whole no, thing. Like yeah. I thought. I thought like other characters would mention it at some point and it would become what it was about. Well, I guess it, it was surprised. Especially considering how much of a misogynist Cooper was. Oh, yeah. You'd think that he'd have an issue with the black man. Yeah. But he just had an issue with the other man. Yeah. 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 And, like, he kept saying, like, he's insane. He's, like, not doing this right. I thought, like, I thought at some point he turned um, to the other guy, forget his name. What ben? Um, no. Cooper, the, the guy in the basement? Uh, no, the, or the, the, the jock, younger, the, the younger jock, guy. The jock, yeah. I can't remember his name. Judy and I don't know. Yeah, um, handsome jock guy. We'll call him. Yeah, uh, turn, I thought he would turn to him say. and say some like something like along the lines of like, "You really want like a person of color to l- lead us in this? He doesn't know what he's doing. He's probably spent his whole life on a plantation or something. Just like, yeah, like something super dated that didn't age well, but like not even no. no there's no reference to his race yeah. at all ever. Yeah. Yeah. No, the only so step- progressive in that way, not very progressive in terms of like Misogyny. the women or whatever. Although like, I will would argue the only person that's talking that way is Cooper, yes. and he's like he's yeah, the villain. That's true. Yeah, and, and so he's it's like, like really old fashioned too. Yeah, so I would buy in a modern zombie story that guy still exists. Oh yeah. Because oh, when yeah, he says there's sure. 
when he's talking, he says at one point he references, well, the three of us got to stick together. I'm like, there's four other women in this house. Yeah. You're clearly only counting the men here. Yeah. And he also talks about how, how are we going to escape here? We got a, an injured child and women. We got a cart around. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. Um, but Cooper gets his own. For sure. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he gets yeah. What he's, what's coming to him in the end. Yeah. So let's, so I want to, you kept on talking to me from about the ending what, what what's your thoughts on the ending? Let's talk about the ending. Um, I did not expect it to end like that. Like I said, like what? What? How did it end? Like, so, so like the, so like the head of the gun, like like the, <laughs> the gun the grenade. Yeah. <laughs> um. Or like um. He he was like, I see something moving in that house. And they go to rescue them, right? Yeah. Well, I will also argue Cooper was right in the end. The basement was the safest place. Yes. <laughs> Ironically. Yeah. That's where, um, but so they, so Ben's hiding out in the basement. He hears like, he hears help coming. And, and then, and then the guy says, I see something moving in that house. Shoot him right between the eyes. And then, and then like that. Great yeah. shot. Moving on. End of movie. Yeah. 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 I was really surprised. I was agog. Yeah, you. Yeah, that's where your mouth dropped, and you just yeah. held that for a good like twenty seconds. And and that's what you were talking about too, with Jack with the ending, yeah. being kind of bam. It it just kind of hits you, but like, like it wasn't like it was unexpected, but understandable. Like if it was just like a standalone movie, and you were saying there's like sequels to it. Um, well, sequels, so the sequels are kind of within the world. Like, we yeah. never see any of these characters Air again. quotes, sequel. Yeah. Um, but, like, they needed they needed a way to, like, they haven't solved the problem yet. And they're just, and it's just, like, a group of, like, gun-toting cowboys and, like, people trying to protect, like, people in the town. And they are just, and they assume that everyone in that house couldn't have made it. Yeah. And they're, like, really far away. They're also putting... I mean, here's the thing that... that, that and But they're doing it all the way up. They're walking towards the house. They see two things walking in a field. Bam, bam. They could have spent five seconds going, Hey, are you a human? Yeah. Shoot it. It's like, they don't... They don't... Like, it's like this thing is not going to hurt you from a distance. You could take two seconds and confirm that it's not... But they don't at that point. They're just like... They're in the fear mon- mentality, and they like, yeah. just kill everything, ask questions later. Yeah. I was so surprised that they went with that ending, partly just because it is surprising, but, but it's understandable. Like, you'd see how you would it'd be easily be making that mistake. I, I don't know if I thought it was, like, a surprisingly, like, I don't know, a modern sort of a thing of, like, pull the rug out from under your own story kind of a thing, or it's surprising in a full movie, and then... Sort of just like offing your main character like that surprised me. Yeah. But then it was also like, but then I kind I think I kind of got it. Like I think they were kind of because then it goes to these montages of photos of, you know the the, 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 you know, the cowboys yeah. like sort of like going across the country with the hooks or whatever. And I think I don't know if they're it was it's sort of like there was one wave of like mindless killers the zombies going across the land and now there's another wave but it's it's us I think that's yeah. the point I mean really and, and, and Walking Dead is kind of what Walking Dead is all about is the idea is that the dead aren't really the biggest thing you have to worry about 
Right. It's the other people. Yeah, the Walking the Walking Dead are actually the people that survived. You know, because because everyone, uh, and and this is really one of the only zombie stories, ironically, that kind of tries to make sense of the origin. They they talk about this radiation that came from space. Yeah. Right. Um, but kind of uh, the the metaphor inside of the Walking Dead, the comic book, and then and the show is is the idea is that we're all the Walking Dead because as soon as we die, we turn into these things. There's no escape from it. We will all become these things at one point. Right. Unless our brain is destroyed, obviously. But we're all the Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. And there's no there's no known cause as part of the mythology of the Walking Dead. Nope. I only saw season one, <clears throat> so I don't. No. No, they've mm-hmm. they they haven't talked about it yet either in the comic book or in the series. Right. You know, they they kind of flirted with it in both, where they have characters saying, "Hey, I know the the reason why this all thing, and if you get me here, I'll I can cure it." But those are just people that are lying to get people to protect right. them. They just are like, "I'm going to trick you into bringing me to where there's sandwiches." Yeah, exactly. They they are they or to protect me because if I know the cure, then you got to keep me alive. Right. So you'll. Mm-hmm. you'll but it, I mean, it was. I mean, I guess it's. Tapping into like the I don't know radiation fear or like you know fear yeah. of the power of the atom of its day. Yeah, yeah. this is nineteen sixty-eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What were you saying? Even had a hand up. Um, I think Rufus is having his own horror movie. Rufus, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's having a dream right now. You heard, he heard those search dogs at the end of the movie. <laughs> I mean, oh, that was hilarious. He's just started twitching. Did he scare you in the movie? Like, at the beginning, there was that, like I was saying earlier, there's that, like, really creepy, like, high-pitched, like, strings, and he just, like, did a little shimmy, and his (laughs) collar dingled, and it just, like, made me jump. Yeah, he'll get you. Yeah. And then you jumping made me jump. (laughs) (laughs) The chain reaction. And then you jumping, I went like that, which scared me because it was a reflex, and I didn't realize you were so close. Yeah. And then, but, yeah. But politically, where is the United States in 1968? It's like middle of the Cold War, right? I can't remember. So I'm just trying to think. Because like, the zombie movies are always metaphors for humanity and what's going on in the world. I'm trying to... I think, it, I think you're right. I think it was yeah. total Cold War. I, yeah, but... it's like total Cold War era. That's like like controversies about like the space race. Because they, they were saying like... Why do, why do they have a space expert at this meeting about something that's happening on Earth? Yeah. Right, because the space, well, we just we just went and saw um, First Man. So the space, we, we, did, we won the space race in 69. Was yep. that right? So this is a year before that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really, it would have been, it came out in 68, so it was probably being made 66, 67. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like, this is during the space race. And uh, Cuba Missile Crisis was 62? Yeah. Yeah. So, so there was a lot of like, fear about like the power of the bomb, and then like the what's going on in the outer space. What's going this on? This is in like space right in between two big pivotal things happening in the U.S. that are like fueling the like fueling the fear, and that's like, and that's why it was probably like really popular in that era because like it's like two things like people are like they're just talking about radiation, and now they're talking about like. The space race, like I think it's I think it's actually interesting to think about like why has it become such a genre? Yeah, what was it that was got into like what was it about this movie that got under people's skin and really connected with people so that there was sort of an an insatiable appetite for mm-hmm. zombie stories? And I think part of it was that they got 
you know, like if there was like, you know, fear of the bomb or whatever as like part of it. But I also think there's something really interesting that you were saying about it being the danger is in that they move slowly, but they are relentless and they have numbers on their side. They're relentless, mindless. There's something kind of, that's a different kind of scary. Like we usually think of scary as things that are loud or fast or, you know. Yeah, you can't. And and the usual rule is like, like, you know, think of, think of Jaws, like, you know, one, one really scary shark is scarier than two or three. Mm-hmm. But when you get to 50, then you're back to really scary again. Yeah. And there's something. Yeah. There's so, And there's something about a, something, a, a danger that's slow moving that we all, we all experience just because we all have that feeling of like a creeping dread that we can't really put our finger on. And stop. But it's also, it's an evil that you can't reason with. Yeah. You can't oh, be like, yeah. hey, what do you want? What do you need? I'll give it to you. It's like, no, we'll never stop needing it. It's like, I'll, yeah. eat, I'll eat you and then I'll eat your friend. And then I'll eat his friend. And it's like, I'll eat myself into a, I'll blow up eating. Like, right. I'll never stop. Yeah. I have an insatiable hunger that will never end. That's and I think, freaky. like, the reason why, like, zombie movies have been so popular, like, for so long is because there's different, you can make the origin different things. So if people are talking about biological warfare, you can make the thing like the government testing biological yeah. warfare mm-hmm. on like a small town, and that's what causes it. Or and then you can all of make a sudden your zombie story radiation. like seems fresh again because yeah. It's like yeah. But they tend to not focus on like as as much as most zombie stories and movies are about the origin and the initial breakout. Most of them don't focus on the the cause of yeah. the thing. They kind of just focus on what happens in a society or how do these people deal with the initial breakout. Yeah. It's really been like the reason Walking Dead was created in comic book form first and then in the series was that Robert Kirkman wanted to create the zombie story that never ended. Right. Because in him, he was like, yeah, it's like, you know, I can watch this movie or Day of the Dead or mm-hmm. Dawn of the Dead. And in the, the movie, they all fly off in helicopters. What happens the next day? Like those yeah. things are still there. Right. You know, he said, that's what was interesting to me. And he, so he wanted it and it's still going on. Mm. You know, the story in the comic books is probably five years into the apocalypse. Wow. You know, and the, and the TV series is getting, is closing in on it. Right. So, uh, it's really, cause now the stories they're telling are very different because they're getting into the point of telling stories about society rebuilding and how do yeah. we do that now? It's not, now it's almost like the wild west where it's like, we've kind of figured out the zombie problem to an extent, Yeah. but how do we deal with people again? Now? Yeah. Which is going to always be like even trickier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the other thing, again, uh, I was surprised was already there in the mythology right from the first movie was the idea of the contagion and the fact that it's it's something that can be passed on to other people. And I think that's also part of the key to a su- success because there's something really freaky about, you know, like the, the, you know, the kind of monster or big bad who you, it can be in, your your allies can be infected. Yeah. yeah, the people that you're counting on and the people that you love or the people that are close to you or you can be compromised. Well, just the fact that it's like we boarded up the house, we're safe. It's like yeah, but someone in the house died. Yeah. So now yeah. you're not because it's this child, and those parents aren't gonna just kill their child. Yeah. Yeah, know? and it's you like know, man, it's there. Um, there's a story. I don't know if it was real or not, but there's soldiers and they've hoarded a family into the basement to keep them safe. And a baby starts crying. Do you kill the baby to save the parents or do you let the baby keep crying 
so that you can be morally correct in that situation so that you're not killing a civilian. Well, that comes mm-hmm. down to, so there's, uh, the hunter mentality would say that it's like, if you look at bears in, in nature, if, 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 if uh, a, two adult bears have a cub and they're running out of food and they're they on the, the brink cub. of starvation, they'll eat the cub. Yeah. Because the mentality is that if they die of starvation, the cub will also die. Mm-hmm. And then they're all dead. But if they eat the cub and nourish themselves, they'll be able to have another cub. And um, gerbils... It's a very bleak outlook, but that's kind of the mentality. Yeah. And gerbils, right. gerbils do a similar thing. So a pack of gerbils will... If, like um, uh, Oh, they'll just do that ger- anyway. Gerbils are... But like a litter of gerbils can only be like four to six. So if there's eight gerbils, the parent will eat two of those gerbils. Yeah. So that she can... Provide more for the other ones. Snails do that too. Snails yeah. eat each other. Whoa. Yeah. They suck themselves out of their shells. It's disturbing. Yeah. Well, I know that. Well, but anyway, all of these very disturbing nature uh, scenarios yeah. of, of a species like, cannibalizing. You can take, but like you can, but like you can put them into like when you're when you know yet another person is faced with the the task of like writing a fresh zombie story. There's all these different parts of like the the toolkit of zombie stories that are really useful and can be put in all sorts of interesting combinations of like, you know, the person close to you, you have to make, you're in like a dilemma about like, do I, you know, I do, I do what's, what feels emotionally right or do what's like literally practically right for literal survival. Yes. And can you, do you have what it takes to be like, you know, to be like, you know, hibernate, to be like bears Yeah. and just do... Like literally just go, it's just calories or, or do you have to like protect the human side? Cause otherwise what are we fighting for? Like, yeah, there's, just, mm-hmm. there's well, a lot of storytelling what, potential there. And that's why, and that's why we keep on telling those stories. That's why they're moving on. So Where it's from, like a movie like the blob. Yeah. You can make like one, a generation, but it's like, there's not actually that much there. It's just no. like, it's just, it's a blob. And it, no, it's an incredibly rich concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, not the blob, this. Yeah. yeah. So, Ephraim, how do you, you, the zombie apocalypse happens. What are the first, like, things you do? You know it's happening. You've gotten rid of the first scare. Something's come after you. You identify, that's a zombie. I know how to kill zombies. You kill it dead. Now what do you do? Um, and you live in the city. So you're in the city. Which is, like, the worst place to be during a zombie outbreak. Why? Because there's people. There's people. It just creates, like, a ripple effect, right? Mm-hmm. But, like... There's nowhere really where there's nowhere really they're safe because if you're in the city, there's more people that can help you, but also they can also turn into more zombies. But if you're in the country, less people are there to help you. I feel like I'd rather be in the country. <laughs> zombies. What, what do you think, Keeper? <clears throat> mm. I thought about this a lot. <laughs> I thought about this a lot too. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do? I would grab a weapon. A weapon probably. first? Okay, so you're weapon first guy. Fair. That's a good. Well, you, in theory, you're gonna come up against other zombies or other people who are trying to hurt you. And um, then, and then what? <clears throat> and then food. Food. Good choice. And then, I think that would be it. So, but do you, do you hole up at home? Are you holding up at home, or you're trying to like go to get to someplace else? Hmm. I'm going. You're going somewhere? Yeah. Where are you going? I don't know. What are you, Mike? What's your plan? 
What's your zombie apocalypse strategy? I think, like, on the one hand, my first thought is get out to the country. We have a place in the country that's very isolated. How far away is it? It's 90 minutes away, and it's, you have to go on a major highway, two major highways to get there, which would be instantly clogged. Yeah, you're not oh, getting yeah. there. So I think that my second choice would be, um, would be I think, uh, that would be to still try and get there, but it would be about getting bikes. Or motorcycles. Yeah. Or something, or just even bicycles and riding there. It would take like a couple of days if you had like camping equipment. And then once you get there, it would be like a pretty defensible little home. The only problem is it does have some big windows. Yeah. Yeah. But it also does have some good vantage points. Some of those windows are high up and you can like see. I'd say like for me personally, I wouldn't be, I'd be more concerned, like not about my personal safety but the safety of, like, making sure that, like, the rest of the world stays safe. The whole world? Not That's the whole lot, world, Jack. but, like, the whole, <laughs> like, like, the people around me. So, I'm not, like, I'm, I, I'd be less likely to just run to the city. I'd be more likely to, like, set up a camp in, like, a Canadian Tire or a Bass Pro Shop or something. You're really big on the or Bass Mac, Pro Shop. Or, or Mac or something. <laughs> oh, Mac would be good. Yeah. The really so like, high-end zombie <laughs> killing. Like, somewhere and, like, like have, like, just, like, set up a system. Like, there's stuff there where, like, there's first aid equipment so you can help people who are injured. There's weapons. Yeah, there's be- probably a lot of beef jerky there if it's a Bass Pro Shop. But like, <laughs> it's freeze dried, you know. It's true. It's, it's gonna last. Like, do like yeah, do you want runs, you want food that's gonna last. Do runs to get like canned food, pasta. Yeah, but the thing water, you got like, you got to remember. I, I hate to rain on your parade, Jack, but it's like in the city. Here's other things gonna happen. People are raiding places, and yes. they don't want you to get that beef jerky. They want the beef jerky for themselves. So it's like you go to those stores to stock up. You're not the only person that has that idea, and and so that's when like I don't know. That's in the A place in the country. But you're the there's, most charismatic, there's, there's charismatic a, person to have that idea. Oh, they so kill. <laughs> yeah, but you kill the they kill the charismatic the, people first because the, they're the leaders. The power of charisma. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, honestly, if there was a zombie apocalypse, the first thing that I would do is that I probably have to send the script that I have due next week. <laughs> I would have to send it like as is to my <laughs> boss, just so they have it, just in so case. they're covered in case something happens to me. Yeah. Be like, be so like, the zombie apocalypse is going on. I'm not here's here's what they still want to do to the script. Yeah. It's not quite there, but uh, just in case. Yeah, here's some of my notes, and um, I put it in a, in a Dropbox, so like you know, it, yeah, I get a chance to noodle on it. And I'll update it, but good luck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I we'll keep in touch. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess my first thing would be to try to find my family. Yeah. If I if they weren't with me during the thing, so like if the kids were at school, I'd probably try to get to the school to grab them. Find right. family, find friends. Try like. to get, at least get them cornered together. Because I think that would be my biggest nightmare is just being separated, not knowing where they are, yeah, how they're doing, and if I can still get to them. Because that's the only thing that always breaks my heart in these stories is when they, there's, people are separated. Oh, yeah. And you know the other person's gone. And it's like they're just on a fruitless journey to find a person they're never going to find. Yeah. There's this really amazing, beautiful, um, I can't remember what it's called. 
if anyone knows, if anyone knows of this short, please uh, send the link or send or say what it is. But it's essentially about like a dad and his baby, and they're just trudging through the wilderness, um, and he's got it in like a baby Bjorn on his back, right? Mm-hmm. And the first, most of the short is just I'm gonna ruin the whole thing, uh, but most of the short is just them walking through the wilderness and him trying to survive this and that, and then he gets into it's the bad situation, and then it just cuts to this other group. And then in the distance, they see the zombified dad walking towards us, and they're about ready to shoot. Him. And someone's like, "Stop! Stop! Don't do it yet!" Because they notice a sign on the he put a sign on his own chest saying, "Help him." And the, and they, and they, they they he gets close enough, and they realize the baby's still alive on his back, oh. and he can't get to it because it's out of his reach of his mouth and his hands. Right. But he's. Well, he essentially, as a zombie, walks his baby to safety, and it's his last act. Oh my god, that's brilliant! Like at last it's it's so it's it it broke my heart. It's oh such a beautiful god. little short. So if anyone knows the name of the short, even though I've ruined the entire thing, uh, please uh, let us know because it's really really great. Mm-hmm. And that's really it's like people have done really really interesting things with uh, with just the different playing with different genres inside this world. Yeah, you know, you've got like the big giant blockbustery World War Z. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. things you've got like, like a t- you know you've got the fast zombies of twenty eight days later and yeah and then yeah. you've got that I don't know if you ever saw I can't remember what it's called uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger made like a zombie drama oh really yeah where he plays like a father that has to like decide whether or not he's gonna kill his daughter I can't remember what it's called it has like, yeah, it, it's like named after like the daughter's name so it's like called Molly or something oh but I can't remember the name but it's actually really a fascinating movie with him in it wow. Seek it out. I can't remember. Again, if you know the name of this, please uh, please send the name along. I, uh, I I don't feel like looking it up right now. <laughs> All right. So uh, you're you're fading very fast, Mr. Ephraim. Do you have any final thoughts? Um. Hmm. Uh. So you you mentioned weapon. What would be your weapon of choice to kill zombies? <sighs> Assuming that you can't use guns. Because oh guns are a non-renewable resource in this world. True. Unless you beca- you can make bullets. Yeah. True. So you what? can actually like reuse casings because you can the fire you can reset the p- firing pin on them. Stick with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I want Jack to be on my team. <laughs> dibs. I got dibs. We we played that game once at lunch at uh, when we were shooting Baroness von Sketch where we we just sat there. It's like you can have five people. From the cast and crew to be on your your <laughs> totally. side for, during the uh, zombie apocalypse, but everyone else is on the opposite side. Oh, who do you pick? That, that, oh, that's. that's a, I'm not going to tell you who was on my team, uh, but that's a fun game to play. Wow, with any group of people knowing that it's like, ooh, whoever I don't pick, they're against me. Yeah. So you also have to factor that into who you pick. Yeah. Did you pick a weapon? Um. Hmm. Maybe like a heavy weapon, cause like just blunt their heads. No, like a, a heavy like gun. Okay. Like a gun that. Cause you could butt someone with it, right? Yeah. No, I, but I mean like a gun that takes like heavy ammo. Oh, like a fifty BMG or something with like yeah. bullets. That I almost like want the, the old like world like like eighteen twelve guns that have the bayonets in the front. They can just like because oh, yeah. you because oh. stabbing's great. Stabbing's yeah. good for the brain. And then if you can't, you know, you still have the musket. You wouldn't want a musket, though. No. You want something a little bit more accurate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Oh, my. Bow and arrows are good. Yeah. You, if you can get the arrow back. I would say, I would say yeah, maybe a crossbow would be my choice. Crossbow? Hunting rifle. Hunting rifle's good. A good machete is good for, yeah. for close. You, know, you need, like, an arsenal, really. You need a couple things. I think yeah, my I think my loadout would be like I'm totally stealing this idea from Agents of Shield. There's a character, there's a shotgun with an axe on it. He calls it a shotgun axe, and it's amazing. And I want that, so I'd have that. But also, I like, but that would be like my last resort. But like also like a crossbow or like a compound bow or recurve bow or something, like so that like something that's like a really simple weapon. Something that you can, like, make arrows really easily. Like, mm-hmm. really all you need is some rocks, like, rope, some sticks. Okay. All right, last question. Mm-hmm. In the world of, like, say you survive the initial outbreak, you know, you meet up with a group of people, you know, where do you fit in in that group? What is, like, your job during the zombie apocalypse? Where do you, where do you think your skill set lies? What would you want to be doing? How, how would you help contribute? Hmm... Like, would you be, like, the kind of person that goes out and gets supplies? No. Even <laughs> instant, no. <laughs> no. No. So what do you want to do? Um, I'm not sure. Stick back and, like, build stuff, maybe? Cook? Uh, yeah, something like that. You want to stay inside the community? It's not really that. dangerous. Nothing dangerous. Nothing dangerous. You're also still nine. We should not send you out on runs to no. begin with. That would be a very irresponsible choice for us. <laughs> Mike, what's your what's your job? In this like, well, I feel like this, as an adult, the interesting question is, what of the skills I already possessed would be of any use whatsoever? <laughs> it's like, hmm, making jokes, not very useful. That's, I, I'd be good for camaraderie. Right, Com- tell, comic relief. Yeah, I would be like, I will chronicle these times for the future. It's like, no, just shut up and like <laughs> dig, a tra- dig a latrine. That's going to be actually more useful. Than just like... Cook a steak. I'm telling our story. No, <laughs> shut up. Uh, I think I don't know. I think maybe I would. I if uh, just like if digging like you know retaining walls or whatever wasn't the most useful and most depressing thing that needed to be done. Maybe something along the lines of like like the sciency side of things or like the or the information gathering or whatever. Like just like communicating with other, trying to make contact with other groups and organizing. Like what's the because I I'm a bit of a, a science nerd. Like maybe there's like a I don't know just inf- information yeah uh, synthesis and yeah. I don't know can we communicate with other groups and can we figure out what's going on and how to find a cure yeah Jack I think maybe like a tactical advisor like helping plan like not like top of the top like not making all the decisions but like being the person who like goes out on missions to like like recon like. See, like, scouting out or, like, getting resources um, or just, like, deciding, like, what doors to barricade and what ones should we keep open? Where should we, like, where should we set up, like, an infantry? Where should we put, like, all our weapons? Where, like... Yeah. That's so like that. I think I would, I would do okay as a strategist. Yeah. Oh, yeah? I'd be, I think... I don't, I don't necessarily want to be the leader... Because those are the right. first people to get killed by the other group. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would like to think that I, one of my skills, I think, would be to be able to look at the big picture and be like, hey, you're good at this, and you're good at this. Let's let's manage the... I'm good at, like, 
doling out jobs to other people. Right. You don't want to be in charge, but when the person that is in charge gets killed, everybody's like, well, you're the most logical choice. Yeah. Fair enough. That person. Yeah. This is like, it was, so you're imagining like a, 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 like a, a Walking Dead meets Game of Thrones mm-hmm. situation where you need to be like thinking about the power play and the dynamics and a little bit, but I'll, yeah, but some also just like strategy going. It's like we got this much food here. Pl- I plan. I'd be like part of planning for the future, right? Yeah. Being like we got through this first part. How do we make this sustainable? What are we? What are you good at? Right, and I would want to be in the back pen with the guys who have got. We've captured five zombies, and we have like different things we're gonna try and do to see if it like either cures them or just like kills them faster. And yeah. Like, you want to dissect people, or like you know, just like you know, do the like, just figure out like. What like, happens if you give them beef jerky? Honestly, I, like, and I and I think that the, um, you know, in movies usually the person who's like the sciency person who like is like we should do a study is the, like they are rightly they they end up like getting killed by somebody who has a hunch. Yeah. Like, can't you just see? Can you just go with your gut? But in like real life, the people who like do the studies and make a spreadsheet and go, well, we tried 10 things and this one thing seemed to work. Like the, in real life, that actually like is it very works. useful. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like that would be a way to contribute yeah. more so than, than making dad jokes no. and stuff or like, hey. But every now and then you can throw in a dad joke and they'll really appreciate that. <laughs> it's so like, a really, really dry report. Like, yeah. My, my science report is nothing works. There is no hope. But I like, you know, on a couple of pages, I, I find an appropriate far side comic to like put in. <laughs> yeah. They might really keeps it light. Even yeah. though, you know, we're all... Just to keep them turning the pages, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think, Ephraim, you just, I think you're at that age where you need to figure out your options. You're young. You can figure it out. Don't lock down anything just yet. Yeah. I'm starting to think we should have sent you to some military academy if you have such a <laughs> strategic mind. Oh, well. A question... Uh, but I, I ta- also like breaking rules. Hmm. Okay. So at the end of the day... Uh, were we bad parents for showing you guys this movie? No, I think I think this is if if you're like if you're someone that can handle like if you don't like horror films but you do like a good spook every once in a while like if you don't like horror films but you love like Halloween time this is a good movie it's not too yeah. scary yeah. yeah like it's it's a good classic. Yeah, but it's not, do you, think, do you think this is the kind of movie you're going to be, like, hopefully not waking up in the middle of the night having a nightmare about, but that, that'll that kind of stick with you? Mm, maybe a bit like, um, It did. Yeah? Yeah, it's, I think it'll be like that. It'll just stick with you for a little bit, in a good way, hopefully. You're thinking about it, and your mind's thinking about how you would fare. You don't want it to be like the Empty Child episode from Doctor Who that gave me nightmares for, like, weeks. I don't know Doctor Who. So uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lost it's reference. Like, it's there's this like alien life form that's trying to fix the planet, and it's like Cold War times. So, and it just, he takes this form of this little kid, and he has a gas mask on, but the gas mask like is his face. And it's pretty spooky. It's pretty spooky. That's enough, Jack. <laughs> like even like I'm probably gonna have nightmares n- tonight just thinking Great. about so it. So now you, you, yeah. you do, and you've done that to yourself, not for me. Conscience cleared. <laughs> right, well, thanks for coming over, guys. Well, well, wait, oh, oh, last thing. What do you got? Um, I'm thinking about the end of the movie. Okay. And like I'm like, so basically, what happened to the zombies? All those zombies that were in the house. 
They probably just, they couldn't get in the basement, so they probably walked off. Yeah. They heard something in the distance, and so usually mm-hmm. what happens is, like, one turns their head, and then the other ones notice that that one turned, and then they all just kind of, once they're in a group, they kind of take on a mob mentality. Mm-hmm. Like generally. a hive mind. So probably they heard those people shooting in the distance, and then turned and walked towards them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That's my assumption, is how they, they emptied out of the house. Yeah. Because otherwise and they would I, just... And my like, assumption was some of those people that we saw them shooting without being, like, really thorough about who they were. I figured those were yeah people from the house. That I think those all were legit zombies. But it's like, man, take a two seconds to double check. <laughs> it's not that hard. They're not going to race at you. Hey, we, are you just a human that wants some hugs? No? Okay. <laughs> Kill it. Yeah, smash in the head. But it's like, hey, you, sir, in the house, it's dark. He's like, are you a human? Oh, yes, I am. Oh, we almost shot you. <laughs> well, that would have been a, a terrible error. Come on out. We have some donuts and coffee. <laughs> no, they just shoot. I got a shot between the eyes. Take it. <laughs> you sure take it? Yeah, he's holding a gun in his hand. Looks like he's going to shoot him. <laughs> Good job. Let's take a photo with him like he's a fish. <laughs> and that's what those photos were like. It's like, look at us killing these zombies in this house. Hold it farther away from you so that it looks bigger than it actually is. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for coming over, guys. Thanks for having yeah. us over. This thanks was super fun. Thanks for having fun. us over. This was really fun. Happy Halloween. Happy yeah, Halloween. Happy Halloween. Thanks for joining us for Night of the Living Dead. It was funny. After we stopped recording, we ended up continuing to talk about it as, as Jack and Mike left. And one of the things we talked about, um, well, well, two things we talked about that were really interesting, and one will lead into another conversation I had with my son Ephraim while he was brushing his teeth. But the first one was just, what was amazing was the scope of the film, given that, you know, 80% of it or more takes place just inside that farmhouse. They really did a good job on an indie film of showing the scope of the rest of the world and taking moments to, like, there's a helicopter flying in, and they're seeing the Capitol building, and all these other things, and getting a sense of a bigger world and stuff going on outside of the conflict that we're witnessing that really made it feel grounded and, and, and rooted in something. And that, that's a really testament to how smart Romero was at using the resources he had to make this film. Uh, the other thing we talked about was the fact that when the movie started... Nobody re- knew that it was going to be a black and white film. They were all very surprised by that. And and we didn't talk about it on the podcast, but we talked about it as they were leaving. And and in, Ephraim made this interesting comment. And he said something kind of while the movie was going on, and I didn't understand it. But what he said was that he could see the color in the film. And when I asked him to kind of explain that some more, he said that his brain, because really... This was probably one of the first, if not the first, black and white films he's ever seen. His brain started to fill in the information of the color he wasn't seeing. So he's like, for him, the trees were brown, the leaves were green, and the fire and all that kind of stuff was red and yellow. And I thought that was a really fascinating thing uh, for for a kid his age who who has grown up with exclusively color uh, film and television that that's how he interpreted and saw it. And I thought that was fascinating. And I thought I would share it. Let's all go to the lobby. 
Let's all go to the lobby. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other podcasts of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word. Do all the things to let others know that you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter at LonJeremy and go to Facebook for Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.